Hi, Jeff. Hi, how are you? <laughs> yeah. How are you today? This is episode two of, did we determine during episode one what the name of this podcast is? That's the name right there. What's the name? <laughs> TBD. Still TBD. TBD cast. Yeah. Good words with Jeff. We're with Dieter, Scott, and Alex. I am Jeff. We've got our executive producer, Ian. Uh, we're hanging out here at Indian Ladder Farms for episode two of TBD cast. Good afternoon <laughs> to the world. Good afternoon to you gentlemen. Hi, Hi world. Hello and hello, Jeff. We're first, here. First question, do you think people uh, out of this world are listening to podcasts now? Is, uh, is it the hot thing also? Could be. With, Interstellarly. Uh, all this stuff with uh, Elon Musk and the Starlink, you never know what's going on and out there. And they think they, uh, they've uh, detected life on Venus. So, you know, Venusians love this kind of stuff. Like the razors? Venusians. Venusians. Swooping. <laughs> swooping Venusians. But they do a lot of pillaging. Well, sure. <laughs> Why wouldn't they? Alex, what say ye? Uh, I mean, radio waves and all the stuff, you know, they can get pretty far out there. They might be able to pick it up. All right, so Never we've know. covered... Check that off my list of talking points. <laughs> I, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking at our little script here, and uh, thank you, Ian, for doing this, but nowhere on it does it say anything about aliens. If you are... Oh, if you flip it over. Oh, it's, it's in big letters. Look, if you're listening to this podcast on Shuffle and you started off at episode two, I think everybody will be okay. Uh, you can pick up at any episode is kind of where we'll be, but it would behoove you to start at episode one and follow through. So and talking about aliens on a podcast is like, you know... It's gold. Yeah, I think we just it's became like, millionaires. It's like salt and pepper. It, it we just became millionaires. Right. As I was walking onto the property it's at Indian alien Ladder talk Farms, with <laughs> I was abducted as I walked in today. Ah, was there any probing? You uh, can only hope, right? But no, I I noticed uh, a bunch of signs hanging up walking into here from the New York State Brewing and Hop Farming Association, something along. Those lines with all of the the requirements, the regulations, the mm. things you want to do. You're part of a big scene here at Indian Ladder Farms, aren't you? Well, we are members of the New York State Brewers Association, and uh, they help us out with uh, various legislative matters, and we reach out to them, and they reach out to us. So, yes, are they a group of former brewers, current brewers, a uh, big mix of people? Uh, some of them are current brewers. Some were past brewers and then you have a lot of uh, you know people that do hard work and legislative stuff kind of helps out with all the brewers in, in New York State all of the brewers how many brewers are we talking about so it's a huge, a huge in New York thing. State well yeah. we're up over 450 yeah, or something like that yeah it's like yeah it's somewhere up there it's yeah, a lot it's of it's a lot of breweries it's still growing believe it or not even do, during during this pandemic there's still breweries opening so you you that's awesome that's great right? yeah we'll we'll keep drinking it you keep yeah. you keep mm -hmm. doing that brewing scene mm -hmm. <laughs> we're working hard you go to the uh, the brewers association you tell them what you what you want them to go to the legislators with and they come back with yeses all the time uh, it right? works both ways mm -hmm. they they come to us with you know wanting to know what is important to us and they also you know have initiatives going for, uh, that they want to lobby on and so they ask for outreach from us uh, letters and phone calls and stuff so we help what are a couple of the biggest accomplishments over the course of the last let's say couple few years well for us i mean the most obvious thing is the farm brewery law mm -hmm. um, that was something that was being lobbied for a very long time um and uh, when the current governor came in, uh, he sort of made it his own. 
and uh, the Brewers Association was right there to uh, move it right along. And for a farm that, uh, you know, I mean, we've all heard the struggles of farmers, that just totally changed the game, changed the scene, probably saved a lot of farms. Um, I don't know how many farms it's actually saved in the state. I mean, they did, uh, they did try very hard to incorporate uh, the farmers into the equation because uh, um, some of the other states that have done this haven't really, you know, done that. So it's like in this state, uh, from day one from a, as a farm brewery, we had to be 20% New York State product. It didn't mean we have to grow it on the farm, right? Okay. But it had to be 20% of stuff that we bought from other farms. How far down the ingredient chain does that go in New York? Does all 100% of the ingredients of, say, just one main ingredient, everything has to be from New York? No. No. It, you can have some malt that's grown in Germany. Okay. Yeah. But if you have, like nowadays in 2020, it's, it's 60%. So 60% of your malt has to be from New York State. Okay. It's been a sliding and, scale because yeah. they realized right off the bat that the farmers were not, we didn't grow enough barley in the state or had the infrastructure to deal with it even if we did grow it. Um, we didn't have malt houses. Uh, we didn't have hop processing. Um, so, you know, those things had to come along. So you couldn't really go from day one and go, hey, 100%. You know, yeah, it was like, right, you know, right. that wasn't happening. I was know? thinking 20%. That was pretty fair to start, but now you yeah. said 60%. Yep. Yeah, and that jumps in 2024 to 90%. Mm-hmm. And, you Which, know, wow. there is some question of whether that can happen. Right, yeah. The, the one thing that was really nice about that whole farm brewery law is it, you know, it got a a lot of people to start up breweries and follow their dreams and they could do it in New York State. Yeah, and you don't have to be, you know, upstate. I mean, there there are yeah. farm breweries in Brooklyn. Yeah. And they don't grow anything. But they oh, have to I purchase. See. Right. Right. Okay. So they have to purchase from New York State. So it keeps, you know, they're they're the idea is to keep ag going in New York State by giving a little boost. It's it's beautiful farmland. Why not use it and exactly. employ people? And to give people, Scott, as the brewer of Indian Ladder Farms, you were talking about giving the people the opportunity to follow their dreams to kind of do something they want to do. That's your case. Yeah. Uh, Dieter, that's your case. I guess. Yes, it is. I also also did it. Alex, no dreams. (laughs) Dreamless. He's he's napping, but uh, no dreams. No, it was nice when I got into the industry because it was about 11 years ago, and that's when the economy was starting to tank. And... uh, it's like, hey, what could I do? It's like, I can't be a BMX rider my whole life, and it's not going to pay all the bills. Tony Hawk's still killing it, man. But I'm not Tony Hawk. I'm Scott Veltman. <laughs> <laughs> and he was a skateboarder. <laughs> my B. Yeah, right? Smaller um, wheels. But it's like, yeah, well, if, if I can get into the brewing industry, it you know, doesn't matter how bad the economy gets. People always drink beer. Get right. in the alcohol industry and... Is and then there, you learn a lot. Is there a hole in the market uh, somewhere to fill? You know, you said might be tough to get to 90%. Is there something, maybe an opportunity you've thought about here at Indian Ladder Farms of starting a new crop of, of one of those ingredients to help the, help the brewers scene? 
actually, unfortunately, this year we actually pulled back. We were growing barley here on the farm for about five years, and uh, this year we decided not to grow barley just because we didn't know what the uh, situation was going to be uh, with the brewery and uh, and the fact that we are in, in building a brewery. Um, I sort of felt something had to give, so we were focusing more on our hop yards and uh, build out on the brewery and cidery here. So, it would have been a perfect year for it, too. Uh, yeah, so the weather would have worked out perfectly. Uh, uh, but there were other issues. But you have uh, a great sense of humor yeah, about that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, we will, we'll probably a couple of years down the road, we'll go back into the barley game. I mean, we're actually, you know, we're not, we haven't just totally neglected it. I mean, you can't do that on a farming situation. So we're actually spending a fair amount of time and money uh, prepping the fields for two years down the road um, so that they will be, you know, in great shape and very fertile. And uh, so when we do go back to barley, we're ready to roll. At Indian Ladder Farms, what are your proudest accomplishments that you contribute to to the scene, to the brewer's scene in New York State? Well, we like to... <laughs> We That'll like be the it. longest pause of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I had humble. to think. I like, had to uh, think. <laughs> <laughs> what a week tribute! Oh, jeez, very little. I don't know. No, that can't <laughs> be true. That can't be true. No, uh, I think that you know we are able to contribute um, our hops and uh, our knowledge, and we do work with other breweries, and uh, especially some of the ones in Brooklyn and. Um, actually, we've traveled a fair amount, uh, yep. and we've shipped hops all over the place. I mean, um, since this is going out to the universe, not just the planet, let's give let's give some friendly shout outs to by name to your favorite. Well, places. we have our friends down at Inner Borough and Casey Beasy. Yep, Brooklyn. Yes, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, we've uh, you know we've gone to the West Coast and we've done some brewing there. We have our friends down in Atlanta, um, Creature Comforts, uh, which mm-hmm. we made a fantastic beer with them. We went um, out to Santa Rosa, did a collaboration with Fog Belt, and uh, we did a collaboration with New Belgium Brewing in Colorado, which was pretty sweet. I'm going to make you name your favorite child out of all those collaborations. And, and I want to find out more about collaborations. Oh, uh, you'll, during, you'll get, we'll get to that. During this podcast, <laughs> I do. It's, it, oh, we will get to that. I, I just, I want to be a fly on the wall in there. Although I know it's a sterile environment. There's no flies. Uh, well, <laughs> and we can't travel. What is your, what's your proudest, your proudest child of the collaborations? Oh, geez. It's. It would have to be the one we did with Creature Comforts, the Good Migrations. It was, uh, we sent down some of our Tinka Barley as well as some of our Spelt, um, Helderberg Hops and Nugget, and then uh, hand-picked blueberries and raspberries from the farm here, picked by Alex and, and crew. How many how many berries were there? Oh, I remember geez, you told uh, me. we did what? Well, it was each pound. There's about four hundred berries. Four hundred pounds. <laughs> I was gonna say four hundred pounds of blueberries. Half a million berries. Yeah, but there was, <laughs> there was a bunch was, of berries. I, from your question <laughs> before, about, just say it like you said it again, like that. Yeah, yeah. about a half a million berries. <laughs> <laughs> the way the crow flies. <laughs> um, but your your question earlier, it's like, what have we done for the brewing community in New York State? Mm. I've definitely noticed. Um, that when we inform people that what we do here on the farm and we're growing our own malt, our own hops, keeping everything as closed loop on the farm as we can, that blows people away. And people from 
much larger breweries. And they're like, that's incredible. That's the coolest thing. That And, you know, it sets a good example for, you know, what a farm brewery can be. Because it's so seems we like impossible. to maintain that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah you're be. right. That's a great. Yeah. That's a great point, Alex. Um, some collaborations that you haven't been a part of that maybe are your favorite because you know this is. <laughs> I, I, I love oh. to give some shout outs. <laughs> give people. Everyone loves to find themselves a new favorite beer. Yeah, so right. when Scott from Indian Ladder Farm says this, this is my favorite collaboration that I haven't been a part of. My God, there's so many. There's out so, there. Yeah, the it, thing it, is, it, there's way too many collaborations. Yeah, it's right. hard to keep up with uh, everybody. What about is, like top know. of top of your palate? One of the most recent ones you've had. Hmm. Recent collaboration I've had. I know it's impossible to drink uh, any beer. You li- you all, we you all the- live here on the estate on the. Oh on the yeah, farm. we we uh, <laughs> Sloop and yeah, Westmere we, collaboration yeah, we yesterday. Yeah. Sloop and and uh, Westmere and beverage, and it was oh, in I memory of. I forgot that they uh, brew. Yeah. Yes, they have a small brewery in their basement. It actually came um, from here. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, actually, sat behind, actually, literally yeah, right behind Actually, you. that was our first brewery. <laughs> right there? Yeah. Oh, well, actually, against the wall. Okay, a little well, bit I'm further. I'm getting up out of this yeah, throw, You can throw, you yeah. throw your pen over there. <laughs> but those guys are doing great things. Yeah. We just picked hops for the owner of Sloop, and that went down to uh, Gunhill Gun Hill. Brewing, and they did a wet hop beer that was picked at Sloop, and then processed here and then went back down to the Bronx so it's like this huge collaborative effort just to get mm-hmm. a beer made and it, we kind of feel like we're a part of that and so I'm I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that even though we weren't really supposed to be included in that they invite us down they're like yeah October 10th come on down and try the beer once it's ready so I'm looking forward to that yeah, be sweet. and it's cool how you just get in on little things like that we weren't trying to do that it was just like mm-hmm. We're helping out. Yeah, we love to help breweries. Help our but on the drive down, you're saying, like, figuratively, do you think they want to make out with us? Do you think they'll ask us to prom? Exactly. Do you think? God, I hope not. Not in this day and age. Yeah. yeah I just got a face shield. <laughs> um, and, and we actually, we have, a, you know, with KCBC and Interboro, we actually have collaborations that are, are in a regular rotation now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we do... Uh, uh, strictly Taconic with um, uh, KCBC, and we use our crystal hops in there, which are and Heldeberg, and Heldeberg, which I'm looking forward to this year because our crystals and our Heldebergs this year are, are spectacular. They're, they are really nice. Uh, so we're really looking forward to that, and we do a holiday beer um, with uh, Interboro called Taste Like Celebration. It's kind of a ode to one of our favorite breweries, Sierra Nevada. You know, they do the celebration beer every year, right. and where they go and they select the hops from, you know, a, a certain hop yard and stuff. So it's it, it's it's fun to, you know, kind of to recreate something that you've, you know, kind of grown up with and uh, put your own twist on it and, and do it a little different every year. Are, are these collaborations true and pure and honest? Is... is uh, and you don't need to call anybody out if, if it has ever gone bad. But, you know, I mean, a lot of these things are proprietary info that you're going in with or that you're inviting people in with. You can't show all your cards, or is it really that well, true and pure I, of a scene? I, I don't like to hide anything, but there are some people that uh, that do that. Um, like, for instance, when we come up with the idea of doing a collaboration beer, we like we sit down or we chat on the phone about what we want to make, how we want to make it, and so on and so forth. And there are some collaborations where you're basically just showing up for a photo op kind of thing, where it's like you really you don't have a lot of input. Mm-hmm. You don't even, like, 
we don't even get together to come up with a name. But they 90- don't even taste the beer. <laughs> we've that's, had that. We've done that. Oh, really? We've made yeah. a collaboration beer and not even tasted it. Yeah. Two of them were like that. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what a collaboration is supposed to be, yeah. where you're sharing secrets and mm-hmm. it's it's collaborating ideas. There's nothing to hide, and that's what you know the 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 sentiment of New York State Brewing is supposed to be about. It's just like we're all kind of collectively helping each other out. Yeah, same That's team, what man, should. same team. Yeah, and it's 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 pretty, you know, good overall. I mean, there are some outliers, but, you know, for the most part, everybody is, like, in it for the same, you know, goal, um, you know, to create a, a, a great product and a great community. I mean, I think the customer feels it, you know, when, uh, you know, when we're collaborating with other breweries and, and so on, that we're having a good time and stuff. It's, uh, you know... It's not supposed to be about having a bad time drinking beer. <laughs> it's like know? the United States uh, <laughs> Olympic basketball team. It's the dream team. It's yeah, fun right? to watch. It's fun to enjoy. And damn, it wins the world over. Well, we, yeah. we used to have this really fun collaboration. Uh, I think we stopped doing this maybe about, I don't know, four years ago. Um, it was called Too Many Cooks. Uh, we would do a collaboration. It was for Tap New York, which is a, a giant festival that happens at Hunter Mountain at the end of... Um, of April and 14 breweries we get together one brewery would host everyone come and bring ingredients we'd all come up with the recipe uh, we made it up to season three so we did the first one at Crossroads Brewing Company in Athens uh, we did the second one at my old brewery at CH Evans in Albany and um, we did one at Keegan's down in Kingston and it's so funny when you have all these brewers together and you're having a great time and it's like, hey, this is your brewery, so run There's your one guy run your there. run your brewery. <laughs> we're gonna go drink. <laughs> is there anything you've walked away from a collaboration with, uh, that has changed your game? You're like, yep, I'm doing it that way moving forward. Oh yeah, like on how to dry hop beers, like learning all about that and water chemistry. Yeah, well, water chemistry is always a big thing. Yeah. Um, there's a there, there's big and little things. I mean, you learn just like, hey, that's not the way we do that. As far as putting a you know a, a clamp on or something, that's not a good example. But but <laughs> like just like clamp, yeah, just like tiny things. Sometimes you go, oh, well, that's a much better way to do that. Or, and then there's the bigger concepts of you know uh, the the community aspect of it and, and trying to you know get people to do things and so on and, and being involved with other people. You, you mentioned being insular in your little brewery. Water quality, <laughs> uh, the bagels, the pizza are what they are in New York because of the water. Is the beer as yeah. good as it is because definitely. of the water definitely. quality? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah wa- water is definitely a, a big thing. I mean, breweries all over the world, you know, for styles of beer, were are, are they are where they are because of water. I mean, you know, the, the Burton ales, you yeah, know, in Burton on Trent. Burton on Trent. It's the, like the it, water and Pilsen. Yeah, water and Pilsen. I mean, those are they built those breweries because of the, where the water was, and they were successful because of that. That's why a lot of great breweries are in Germany, especially around Munich and Dusseldorf and. Areas like that. But to answer your question. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the way you tweak your water, it can change the way that the hop character comes across at the final product, too. Yeah, so like here we have, in our wells, we have intense iron. Mm -hmm. So we have to remove all the iron out of the water because hops don't like iron. Yeah, they kind of oxidize the hop oils and it actually makes the beer taste salty. 
I found that out my <laughs> second, like my first or second brew when we were brewing with this. Like, oh, this is salty. This is gross. I did not put salt in here. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was like, oh, we have high iron in our water. It's like, where does where does that happen uh, at Indian Ladder Farm Cider and Brewery? The fil- <laughs> it seems to me as though you go through a ton of water. That requires a huge filtration system. We have a huge filtration yes. system. <laughs> we can show you the <laughs> show you the filter closet. Well, that's that afterwards. one there. Is and then, it, does and then the yeah, filter have a name? Uh, Joe. 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 Joe the filter. Joe the filter. <laughs> Facey the shield. The one, at, the, one at the, brewery, the one at the brewery is called John. 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 Uh, Heidi is the hop picker. Yeah. Heidi, bless her soul, picked hops with flawlessly this season. For for Perfect just seems season. like nonstop for the last few weeks. Executive producer Ian has a tan like he's been to the Caribbean. <laughs> it's probably because he's been out in the field helping. He has been out yeah. in the field. Yeah. <laughs> he you doesn't have a microphone, so we we'll pick on him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Scott, you still have hops in your hair. Oh, we, this is from last season. <laughs> we literally just finished like moments ago. Wait, so this is a celebratory time. Did it, is. Yes, it is. We finished for the season. Yes, yes, yes we are done for the season. And All right, let's cheers. end the podcast right here. We're going to party. <laughs> yeah. no, right, no, no. Hammer down, Jeff. Now, now a word down. from our sponsors. Well, congratulations. All right, well, let's uh, let's move into, into some intense hop talk here now. Then. Uh-oh. Um, since we're talking about the, the yeah, New York boy. state farming scene and brewery scene and everything, how does Indian Ladder Farms fit into the, the hop scene? How, how does the hops play into your role? Well, I think a lot of people love the quality of our hops. Um, everyone that we've, we've dealt with, even, even on the West Coast. Like, I've had local hops, even stuff from New York State sent out. Like, you guys actually do a pretty good job. And I think our goal is we'd like to stress our hops so we have a higher oil content. A little, a little side note off of this. During the time that this podcast is being recorded, uh, the West is burning. Oregon, well, Washington, California. Our thoughts are with them. I think, I think we're getting haze on the East Coast yeah, we from are. here. We're it feels like it. Coming in. Tomorrow, uh, so right? obviously our thoughts are with everybody out there and stay yeah, safe. But um, the the hop crops this is this is one of the I mean I know that's grape country that's that's God's country it's, it's, it's apple hop, country it's apple awesome. country yeah yeah uh, they're they're I mean they're already they're already behind the eight ball because of uh, immigration um, they didn't get all their H two A workers in my understanding right, right. and and out there they as we do here too, I mean, they're picking apples and hops at the same time. So it's a tremendous labor force that has to come in. Um, and plus now they have the whole you know issue of everything's on fire. Um, so I was just reaching out to some friends in Yakima Valley to see you know how har- harvest was going out there. I don't think that they have the issue with fire, but I was wondering what their smoke problems might be. Right. You know. Yeah, a lot of smoke damage probably. And just the, the the manpower getting out into there. I mean, if you can't breathe in the smoke, you, yeah. then you're not picking. Right. Yeah, bless the people that are out there harvesting. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's a tough job and makes it that much tougher. Um, so, so back to the scene here at, at Indian Ladder Farms. How many different varieties? Uh, we have 14 different varieties, but we just made a hard, you know, we made a hard decision mm-hmm. this year that we are actually going to be eliminating uh, three of those varieties, possibly four for uh, next season and um, increasing the volume of uh, some of our uh, happier varietals. Which are those? 
Uh, well, our proprietary hop, the Heldeberg hop, uh, this year was just phenomenal. I mean, it's the highest yield we've ever gotten off of it, and it has a beautiful pineapple scent to it, so we're going to increase the acreage on that. And uh, Brewer's Gold, which is my personal favorite. Yep. And it's like huge, like tangerine. It's just, it's awesome. It was, a, yeah, I think we talked. <laughs> it's inside we, what we yeah, have right here. I think yeah. we talked about that in the last podcast. How you know, very few people grow Brewers Gold. The Brewers Gold that you buy from the West Coast is nothing like ours. The uh, I, I've obviously, and everybody else should follow you on Instagram, Indian Ladder Farm Cidery Brewery. Uh, I believe it's your most recent picture on there. Uh, whoa. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, so that's that's hop hash. So that's a collection of uh, lupulin powder and oil. So lupulin, if you open up a hop cone, it's those little yellow things that are in there, and that's what has all your essential oils, and they just get stuck together, and then they create. It looks, it literally looks like hash. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and yes, the answer is you can smoke it, but it'll just make you very tired, and you'll probably have a headache. Ian did have that on my notes to ask that question. <laughs> probably really bitter, too. Yeah. yeah. Kill your lungs. It probably yeah. wouldn't even where, taste good. Where does Indian Ladder Farms fall into uh, 1 to 10, 10 being the biggest producer of hops in New York State, and 1, uh, they don't know how to spell hops. Are there 10 where, hop producers was in the say, state? Yeah, oh, yeah? Is that right? Yeah. yeah there's, so there's, 400 breweries, uh, how many of those are farm breweries? Uh, Two hundred seventy something. Yeah, two hundred. And really, there's not ten grown hops. Correct. I, yeah, I, there, I mean, there are a lot of small producers that have kind of dropped out um, because it's it's a it's a hard crop to grow, and um, there are some of the bigger farms are still left. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's a difficult crop to grow. I mean, it's not for the faint of heart. Yeah, it's always so funny when you talk to someone that's retiring. Like, oh, I want to start a hop yard. It's like, you're not going to retire, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Retiring is not the answer for hop farming. It's like, uh, that's, that's work. Who are, who are a couple? Name just a couple of the, uh, the other farms that are doing uh, Well, there's here. Peterson out in uh, Seneca Castle. Uh, Rick Peterson, uh, he's, kind of the, he's kind of the granddaddy of uh, all the big hop farms. He's been, when, when New York State in 2009 was down to, uh, I think it was 20 acres, I believe it was Rick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, Way to go, uh, Rick. And he's, uh, he, he's um, out there in, in cabbage country, uh, where they grow thousands of acres of cabbage and process for sauerkraut. And so he grows tons of nice. Romanesco and cabbage. And he has his 20 acres of hops is kind of a sideline. And the, the, the kicker for him uh, and the whole industry is that he does it organically, um, where very few people... Um, Period. It, do it. Grow organically. Is, is it organic or is it neglect? Uh, not uh, well. Rick's a mad scientist, so you know he's he's making his own stuff. I mean, to put on his crop in order to to make it happen. So I appreciate uh, that. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. So you said the uh, the Heldeberg hop, your proprietary hop, uh, best year you've ever had with it. So you're yeah. going to expand that hop field. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the weather was just perfect. You you have it figured out. Is there a uh, like you know the pinnacle? Of we a don't life? ever say anymore. We have it figured out because uh-huh. <laughs> every time we do, we think you know we think that we're doing a, a damn good job. The next year comes along and something you know that we did not know about happens. 
Um, we've adjusted a few of the ways uh, that we grow things. Um, uh, we still had some issues this year with uh, insect damage, and that's why we lost some of our early uh, varieties of hops. We, we just didn't even bring them in. Um, but our later varieties did so well that we are actually bringing in the largest crop we've ever brought in. Um, go. So, you know, that's what people don't seem to understand about farming. It's like it's the, it's the highs and lows. It's, you know, uh, starts early in the season and can you, you can screw it up on the last day, mm -hmm. you know, and especially with hops. I mean, if you don't dry it properly, uh, it's lost. Yeah, you know, if you don't pick it at the right time, it's lost. If it doesn't get pelletized, at the, you know, correctly, it's lost. And then there's storage, so. It's very weather dependent. Yes. yes. I think this is the reason why it's so important to, if you're listening to this podcast, recommend it to a friend, someone who you think maybe needs to hear this. The, the work and the, and the passion and the sleepless nights, not only because you're working so hard, but because you're worried so hard. Uh, it, it really comes out in the product, though, you know, from a consumer side of things, where I'm at, uh, it, it really shows the, the, the effort the experience, the hard work, everything that goes into it. Uh, and it's important for our communities more than anything else because of the jobs that it creates, the, the small footprint that, uh, that is able to be laid out by a community because things aren't being trucked in or freighted in. Uh, it, it's really important. So that's kind of what this podcast is about, right? To get the word out and to spread the word. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. So. You're hearing it from, from these three gentlemen who, who do it uh, for their livelihoods and... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just wanted to push that message along. Of course. But back to hops. <laughs> yeah, we grow them. <laughs> so the Heldeberg, what, what other varieties did you notice did exceptionally well, or were there any that didn't do well this uh, season? Crystal, Crystal did really well. Columbus. We just pulled, Columbus yeah. did really well. This is actually incredible the, amount of Columbus. Yeah. Um, when you say incredible amount, give us an idea of, of tonnage, uh, uh, pounds. So we're not that big. We're not into mm -hmm. the ton game. You know, we're in the hundreds of pounds. So I would say in Columbus, we're, we're probably close to 1,000 pounds, which is very high for us. 1,000 pounds of hops, is uh, that's got to be a, about a dump truck load? Uh, you know, sort visually, of, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's kind of a, a small, a, a small dump truck. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. So that that kind of gives you an idea. I mean, so yeah, tons would be ridiculous. Because well, I look out here, all around uh, your, your farm here, three forty two Altamont Road in Altamont, New York, is the address. Uh, and as far as you can see across the street over there, is nothing but hops. So. Uh, once, once it's all processed, yeah, Dieter, not, not anymore. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> not as of today. Congratulations. It looks very bare right now. When we were harvesting the other day, it was like we were. We've just been pulling in these huge amounts of these. You know, the Heldeberg, the Columbus, the Crystal. Dieter exclaims to us, he's like, "Might actually be able to share some of this this year." Yeah, because it's a lot of like our hops. We're not a hop, you know, seller. We're not a hop store. We're definitely if local breweries. You know, contact us, and if they want a couple pounds of, of hops, we're more than you know willing to accommodate them, depending on what we have. But we're also focused on trying to brew beer here, right. so we're trying to keep it all at home. Um, but we have we're now coming into a situation where it's like we can let people understand the beauty and uh, the awesomeness of what the Heldeberg hop is, mm -hmm. and that's all we want to do because it's something that nobody else has. 
And now we have a lot of it, so it's like we get to, f- you know, flex it a little bit more this year, which we're really excited about. Have Has everyone just been too busy to, to chat yet, or have you talked to other hop producers, hop farmers here in New York? Uh, do you know how their crops were, how their yields well, we, were, or will you find out? In, we in, pick yeah. for, like, six other small farms, and, and you know, a lot of the people did struggle this year, you know, um, to, to get their hops uh, to the quality that they wanted. Um, but we don't pick for any of the bigger farms. They, you know, they have their own, uh, uh, they have their own Heidi's um, <laughs> and their own drying facilities. So, no, we haven't spoken. I mean, generally, there's a hop conference that happens in December. Um, that we did attend. you say it happens in December? I, 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 <laughs> if you're from Pennsylvania, <laughs> you know, if I didn't, I if I didn't, I should have. <laughs> Because this is hop talk with Jeff. TBD. <laughs> I'm just trying it out. You know, I, I like the way you said it. If you do the intro for it, then that's it. <laughs> but okay, the the hop conference happens in December. And, yeah. And it hop, yeah, we hop out there and um, <laughs> and we have a hopping good time. Um, now I can't stop. I know um, it makes Scott hoppy. Well, sure, <laughs> it gets all hopped up. Um, okay, that's enough. I like hip hop. They should See? have it. <laughs> it should be held in Easter, right around oh, Easter time. No, oh my God. God. No rabbit. That's a thinking man's joke. <laughs> and, yeah, anyway. so the Northeast Hop Alliance has a, um, has a conference every year. It's uh, been out at Morrisville, it's been out at Cornell. And, uh, It'll be virtual this year? I've heard no word about mm-hmm. it uh, yeah. even happening so far. It's, uh, so I'm hoping that it's going to happen. There's also another uh, conference in Vermont at UVM, and those are kind of the two big East Coast ones. And you kind of run into folks that uh, go, "Oh my God, my hop sucked this year. Oh, I had the best year ever." Yeah. Uh, you know, you, like, you you give me a think. As someone that that's listening to this, wanting to really make a career out of this, get an education in it, uh, what what are some what are some schools in the Northeast that that you might want to think about going to if you wanted to learn agriculture? I know I, I'm a graduate of Penn State. I smelled the air there. I know that's farm farm school. Yeah, that country. is farm. Cobleskill <laughs> yeah. has a. Pretty good agricultural program. Yeah, locally, Cobleskill, Cornell, Cornell. Um, you know, UVM. Those are all those are all great ag schools. They have great ag programs, uh, especially if you want to do. Um, the, there are there are people at all three of those schools that have interest in hops. I mean, not all the ag schools on the East Coast have any kind of even you know, remotely hop program. You know. Do you do any kind of internship here at Indian Ladder Farms, or is, are you just too busy to even take that on? Uh, yeah. No, we don't do any internships here. Internships oh. in agriculture... <laughs> don't need that <laughs> resume. Uh, <laughs> well, it, internships in agriculture are tricky um, because you can't... <laughs> legally, you're not supposed to do them, so we're we're kind of... We try okay. not to break the law too much. That's smart. You it's know, really smart. You work yeah. hard. You don't want to throw it all away for something like that. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, you know, everybody who works here, whether, you know, over the summer, whether, you know, it's somebody home for college or something, they're getting paid. Um, so, yeah, you can come here and work um, and we'll pay you. <laughs> Our executive but, producers learned a thing or two about hop growing. That's yeah, true. That's true. And I'm yeah, petting. Yeah. You learned about the petting zoo. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. likes the donkey. Yeah, you gotta love, you gotta love a, a farm, cidery, brewery, and petting farm. It's, <laughs> just, it's everything anybody could ever possibly need. 
Um, where are we at on time? We got, oh wow, wow, we have that much time. Wow, Damn, well, that, all right, well, we're about? gonna we, let's let's cut here and figure out. I'm, I'm to the end of my notes, yeah. so let's yeah. talk about let's just what, let's babble. Let's just talk. Let's about just stuff. babble. Let's just random, okay, cool. Random so we've covered everything you want to cover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, why don't we why don't we move you it? Let's talk about, about hop cider. Talk about the Heldeberg hop and where you, where, oh, where did I that think, come yeah, from, Dieter? I, I can tell you the story of the. Heldeberg. We all kind of want to know you know a little more because every time you talk about it. Who's huh? Dan Driscoll? Did we talk about that last episode? Did we talk? Is it Dan Driscoll? No, we, we never got to Dan Driscoll. Oh, that's right. All right. All right. Hop Origins with Dietrich Guerin. <laughs> Dan Driscoll was a man. No. Uh, <laughs> so we where did the hop come from? We had on our notes for episode one, uh, who is Dan Driscoll? We never Dan, got to who is Dan Driscoll. Dan Driscoll was a, uh, he's, he's passed away now, but he, uh, he lived Cheers, up Dan. on the, on the hill and, uh, which is hey, right the great, behind the great town of Knox and where great, I'm from. Yes. It's got, he's a hometown boy, uh, uh, from Knox. And so when we started to do our hop project here on the farm, there was a, like a little thing in the local paper about, Hey, Indian letter farms is going to, you know, try to do hops. And Dan read it and he showed up with eight plants. Um, and he goes, I have been growing these and bringing them around to various people. And, uh, he said, now they're yours. Um, and I said, okay, Dan, what's the story with these? And he said, well, he said, in 1974, he said, an old farmer brought them to me. He was the last farmer in Knox that grew hops commercially in the 50s. And so from you know, 1950 to 1974, this guy wasn't growing them commercially. He was just growing them in his backyard because he still liked his hops. He was in his 90s and when he gave them to Dan. Um, and the story was that he used to sell his hops to Schaefer Brewing in Albany. Um, and Dan had kept these hops going, and he'd given them to various people, and they're growing in various people's yards, you know, in Knox, um, uh, more ornamentally than anything. And for the, I know a few home brewers up there that grow them. Um, and I was like, you know, oh, well, this is great, you know, just a, some random hop. And we grew them out the first year, and I was like, well, these are kind of interesting. You know, they, they have some great characteristics. And so we started doing a little research on them, trying to figure out what they were. We've done some genetic testing on them. And um, it, was, it was thought that all the hops around here were a variety called cluster. So a lot of brewers aren't very interested in the cluster varieties. Um, but... Cluster kind of is a catch-all, it seems, after doing some uh, research on it, that there's a lot of different cluster. Yeah, they're not uh, all grassy. Yeah. And, <laughs> not and, sure what that is. Throw it in the cluster pile. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, I think, exactly. Uh, and I think, you know, a lot of the reputation for the, those hops of, of being grassy is, is a lot of people just harvesting them too early because hops look great, um, you know, in the beginning of August and the middle of August and... I mean, we harvested, you know, our Heldeberg last week, you know. So and here we are, like, the 15th. So the, on yeah. the, uh, the math, Scott, math, help me. The seven. 10th. The 7th. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just watching the producer watching coming with beer. my beer. <laughs> Thank you, Ian. Okay. All right. So people want to start in August. You did nearly the middle of September this year. 
Yeah, same. But that's not all, with all hop varieties. Hop varieties, some of them do start maturing the end of August and go all the way into October. Um, but, but, uh, but these, you know, once we had them, we had a friend who does some genetic uh, research um, out in Yakima, and he took them and uh, he had them tested, and and they are they do fall in the cluster kind of category, but they are an outlier. Um, so they're, they're way out on the spectrum, um, of cluster. And it, it's, it seems as though when we have a really good year with them, uh, and we are able to stress them a little bit and, uh, uh we get this sort of perfumey pineapple-y kind of, uh, aroma out yeah, of them. it's very interesting. And, uh, what we can get with a hop like that that's from the Northeast. Because usually yeah. when you think of those tropical fruits, you're thinking of, you know, Southern Hemisphere. You're thinking of Australia and New Zealand and all this that. This is like a cool mystery story. Yeah. It is. It's, it's fun because it's, it's also we... When I started doing this, not only did Dan bring hops to me, I was like, all of a sudden people started bringing like, you know, rootstock and their hops to me and shoots and root cuttings and like that. I was like, hey, this is growing in my backyard, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so it was like... Get, if it had a really good backstory, I took it. <laughs> uh, you know, so we have like one from Delhi, New York, that mm -hmm. was, you know, in the house was bought in uh, the 1960s, and there was a Bible in the house from 1820, and written in the side, you know, because people back then they would put like little notes in their Bibles and stuff. A lot of times it was the only book they owned. And so they'd put family history and stuff in them, um, right, written in the margins. And written in one of the margins is in 1820, they bought the property and it says there's a hop growing on the property. So I was like, well, we'll take that. Yeah. That's an interesting story, right? And, uh, you know, there's a hop that's been growing in the town of Voorheesville here for as long as I can remember. It grows up a telephone pole in the middle of town, and I took some cuttings off of it just because I thought it was interesting, and I had a guy come to me and say, well, you know, that was brought over here by the French Huguenots. And I was like, well, of course I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at the bottom of the leaf. It says, <laughs> you can tell by looking at it that that's a French Huguenot hop. <laughs> Um, so we have that in our yard, and uh, it's you know it's all right. It's not uh, it's not the greatest thing, but it's got a great story. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely has a great story. So, can we get that old guy that came up that told you about that? Uh, I think he's dead. He uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the Heldeberg hop. No, that, no, that is just a what is that hop called? That's, that's the Voorheesville hop. We call that's, a, that's just the Voorheesville barrel yeah. hop. That's a phone pole hop. Okay, it's <laughs> <laughs> a Godwire. Yeah. I call, I call Godwire the, special. I call it the Voorhees hop because apparently there was a small hop farm in Voorheesville on the Voorhees farm, um, and that's the last one that exists. And Jason cut it down. I was walking through uh, Albany Rural Cemetery a couple weekends ago. The, the amount of vores in that cemetery is uh, amazing. Amazing. Well, they're all dead. Just. <laughs> 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 so I've never heard of the Voorheesville hop before. I've heard a ton about the Heldeberg hop, but I don't really. Does it have an equally interesting and magical story? 
Brought over from the French yeah. Huguenots. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. I mean, right I, I gave you the story on the Huguenots. What more do you want? <laughs> I love uh, stories. Uh, yeah. uh, and we have a couple other hops. So somebody brought me one from Rensselaerville that was growing in the woods, you know, and we were, we were hoping that, I mean, kind of the holy grail um, for if you're a hop hunter, kind of like myself, is is to find a true land race original hop because hops were here. I mean, they're, you know, indigenous to this, this area. They grow here, but they're pretty much wiped out by all the varieties that were brought from Europe. Um, they crossbred and so on. So, you know, there's always this, you know, the holy grail is that you're out in the woods and you find, you know, that original North American hop, you know, that's what everybody in, in the genetics world would love to have. There's, you know? a, there's a ton of shows on a ton of channels. I think Hop Hunters would be a cool <laughs> show. Well, it, our, our friend Paul yeah. Matthews. Uh, you remember Paul. Dr. Paul? You remember yeah, Dr. we brought P. him over yeah. to the studio. He's yeah. a Hop Hunter. So he was actually, they were trying to work up a show called Hop Hunters, and he's actually did some uh, some episodes with the guys from BrewDogs. Yeah, I was going to say, and he did were, an episode with BrewDogs. Yeah, they were in the Georgian Republic and stuff. Yeah, he goes to Kazakhstan. He goes everywhere. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I, I run, but never, never I, made it to production, not, not on the air? I think there is a BrewDogs episode. No, there, with, the BrewDog uh, one yeah, yeah, with okay. him in it's, it. it's on there. Yeah. All right. Look, we found a hop. Cool. <laughs> well, let's test it. Yeah. yeah. But Good there's content. A, there's all yeah. kinds of wild... He has all kinds of wild stories about, you know, finding hops. He actually has a couple of teams out generally... Um, you know, just scouring the earth for various yeah. things. There's like, Africa. what are they? What are they in New yeah. Mexico? What do they call those places? The cloud, uh, cloud oh. forests or something yeah. like that. And there are these, there's these mountaintops in New Mexico that are like totally, you know, left alone. And there's hops growing up there, and they've never been touched. I mean, these things are literally millions of years old. How can that be? I mean, now that it's out there on this podcast, the aliens are going to swoop in and grab them. Oh, they don't tell you where they are. There's <laughs> okay. a, yeah, there's no geomarkers on this. So he won't tell you. I, I'm working on it. Fruit fly. In my beer? Oh, I got a swimmer. Trying to help you, man. Uh, I almost got a little protein. I almost drank him. <laughs> Luckily, we're in the cidery, not in the brewery. Right, right. <laughs> I've heard talk of, uh, of hop cider. What? Did someone yeah. say hop cider? We do that. We've made it. It's coming back, actually. It's okay, on my it's on so my docket. I haven't missed out on so, uh, this. Is the first I'm hearing of hop cider, isn't it? There's a lot of there's a lot of hop cider. There's a lot of places that include hops in their cider, and it's not like the debut ingredient. They just kind of throw it in there, and it it uh, just jazzes up the cider. Which um, hops are very volatile. So that that aroma and that taste is only going to be at its prime for what mm-hmm. three months, maybe two mm-hmm. months tops. And we've made we've made hop cider, and it sat around for so long that it just kind of fell off. And we were like, mm, maybe let's not do this on such a you know long term scale. scale, and let's maybe just do like a hop cider that's very limited amount of quantity. And when it's here, come and get it. And when it's gone. See you next year. So that's definitely on the docket coming up. He now spilling the beans on the hop cider, um, which I, I really look forward to actually doing that again. Um, but yeah, there are places that definitely use hops in their cider. 
You can, mm-hmm. if you go to the local beverage center, there's probably a bottle yeah, or a can or two on the shelf that have hops in them. There's always a hop cider that's out there. Yep. And then also to, to Not done follow with up with this, we were talking about collaborations yeah, with yeah. breweries. Yeah, yeah. With cideries, it's virtually <laughs> non-existent, which is kind of a shame. And I maybe maybe I'm the one that can change that. And so I've spoken to a couple places. I've definitely spoken to like three or four places that have not contacted me back. I'm going to tell you the way I I do have some, you know, I'm trying to just ease my, ease my feet into the water too. Cause I'm the young guy, but I want to, you know, I want to collaborate. Show them you're ambitious. Cider juice. And I want to, you know, I want to blend cider from a different part of the state with what we're growing here and collaborate terroir and collaborate our cider varieties, and I want to get into all that. And people kind of feel like cider making is like winemaking, and it's very more proprietary, and they mm-hmm. want to keep it. It's not like beer brewing where it's like, yo, these are my secrets, and this is what I do to dry hop, and this is what I do with my water chemistry. It's like very much, hey, you know, what we're doing here is a special thing, and, you know, this is this is special to us, so we don't really want to tell you everything or and there's, you know, there's there's a little bit less, which is, you know, it's a bummer, but maybe it can be changed. There's well, kind of two schools of thought on cider. There's one that is like if by putting anything in cider is like putting something in wine, like it, you're adulterating it. And, um, you know, like the whole idea of putting hops into wine, you would, you know, that's just not done. I don't know. It could be good. Like if you have a Chardonnay and you hop a Chardonnay. Hopped up Chardonnay. Yeah, there's a classical view and then there's people that just make cider and want to make a good beverage and and have fun with it. Neither one's right, neither one's wrong. Well, the other thing is, is like historically. Yeah, I'm right. Historically, historically people put stuff in cider. I mean. Um, you know, when I, I, I thought that I was having this brilliant idea of putting hops in the cider, like, you know, six or seven years ago, and I was talking with Andy Brennan, who owns um, uh, Aaron Burr Cider, and I said, yeah, we're thinking about putting hops in it, and he, he goes, oh, yeah, he said, we, we do that sometimes, too. He said, you know, I thought that was a pretty original idea, he said, but, you know, there, we found a ship's manifest where they're shipping hop cider back to England in 1820, nice. you know, from the, from the New World, so it's, you know... It's not a new it's thing. A, Alex, you say maybe I'm maybe I'm the one that's going to get the collaboration started. Why aren't you? Let's let's do it. I'm, do it. I, Who would you reach out to? What, what was it? How many two two weeks ago I just mm. just got the ball rolling on a collaboration which All right. I'll, I'll talk about it when it's awesome. manifested into something. Well, once again more, it probably went it probably just went to crickets. Also because <laughs> um, there's there's a pandemic going on right now and this was this is definitely an encouragement from Scott who is, you know, my I mentor, a, I do a lot of teaching me how you know the art of of working in the beverage and the the beverage industry. Um, but it's yeah, you just got to get out there. You got to go visit these people. You got to go, you know, talk to these people, and you don't know until you ask. So it's like, but because there's a pandemic going on this summer, it was like I wanted to go all over New York and just visit all these places, which you still can, but I don't know. Do it safely. To be continued, I guess. Uh, Dieter, I want to work on it. How yeah. did you find these two young, talented producers? They come to you. You you sought them out. Um, 
Let's see. Well, I was washing his windows at a uh, red light. Do <laughs> <laughs> you like here? Little little no, that wasn't Windex no, in that bottle. <laughs> yeah, we loaded him in the van and took him. <laughs> should, he'll get in any white van. I mean, it's. You Wait, know. there's beer in there? Wait, yeah, it's totally. It's Indian Ladder Farm <laughs> Cidery and Brewer. Yeah, didn't at the time just said he Indian Ladder. there's puppies and popsicles. <laughs> no, uh, I, met, uh, I, met, I met Dieter over in. Uh, there was a, the, a class over at Cornell. Uh, it was like just like a, a brewing class kind of thing. And we used to, when I worked for Rome again, we liked to go to those things just so, you know, the new people would be like, oh my God, this is someone from Rome again. And like, nope, can we talk to them and ask them things? And, which was always a lot of fun. And then uh, found out that he, his farm was um, about five minutes away from where I grew up. And I was like, I know where your farm is. Like, how do you, like, how do you know where Altamont is? Like, actually, my driver's license still says it. <laughs> and then uh, and he came back to the farm. I went back to Home Gang. And then he came back out to the farm. I think you were getting your stuff pelletized. Yep. And Oniana, you and Lori. Yeah, we used to stop. Uh, that, was a, that was kind of our side trip. We would stop. we get our stuff pelletized. Our, our hops, not our stuff. Our we, st- we get our, our stuff pelletized. Pelletized. Oh, oh, literally turned into pellets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's the next process after harvesting and drying and all that. We, we send it out to uh, Northern Eagle um, uh, hop pelletization, and uh, they... They put it in a form that uh, is easier to store um, and use. Now, what about this gentleman to your right and the podcaster's left, Alex? Well, he stalked We're- us for a while. <laughs> he had the um, uh, <laughs> hey, No, Well, I grew up in the area, and um, when I found out that Indian Ladder opened up a brewery, I had just turned 21, so I was super excited. Oh, I can you know try a local brewery. And that was the most... That was the closest brewery to where I lived. So I was like, oh, this is super cool. Something very close. And I came here, tried the beers, thought everything, thought the vibe and the whole ambiance of the place was very cool. Yeah, as someone turning 21 at the closest brewery, really ruined it for you for the yep. rest of, you yeah. know. <laughs> exactly. Well, I got, I got really lucky. Yeah. And then I came back a second time, and I think it was my aunt. Uh, somehow... She coaxed Dieter into giving me and my best friend like a tour of, of the brewery back where we're sitting right now. Which and is just, now Alex's yeah, just, new cidery. Yeah, and just showed us around and was like, this is what we're doing. And I was like, this is super cool. And I was like, I remember driving away from this place that day and I was like, I think I'd really like to work there and like be a part of that whole thing. And then I think, yeah, I think that day I, I asked him, I was like, how could I get a job here? And he's like, Oh, um, you just got to come see Lisa and just bring your resume, I guess, and we could find something for you to do. I was like, cool. So the next day I went to the library and, like, updated my resume, printed it off, put it in a folder, and came back the next day. And I was like, here you go. Like, I'm ready to do whatever you want. And I started with sweeping the floors and folding up chairs for weddings and then bartending and just was relentless on, like, hey, I want to do anything with brewing-related you know tasks and it's Alex the relentless washing <laughs> kegs and cleaning cleaning anything up helping out with cider blending and and then we got Scott and so it was like I'd love to help Scott out and he took over the brewing and there was you know needed somebody to do cider and so here I am 
now I have this beautiful cidery and I can- it's it's not lost on you the beauty of this is where you first uh, came this room right here and now yes, it's your cidery exactly right? yeah that's I kind beautiful of, yeah I kind of forgot about that but this is like <laughs> yeah it's full circle it's pretty cool I consider myself extremely blessed to be here well, He's I think that's doing a, good, a wonderful job, by the way. Th- mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Everybody Thanks, here. Boss. Indian Ladder Farm Cidery and Brewery, three forty two Altamont Road in Altamont, New York. That's the location. Two websites because it's such a massive operation: <laughs> ilfcb.com and indianladderfarms.com. I, I think this is maybe a good place to to wrap it up. I think so. Episode two of that's what she we're going to go with Hop Talk oh, with oh. Jeff. Hop Talk with Jeff. Cool. <laughs> but you're doing the intro. <laughs> that's right. Like, it's like having a baby and you don't name him until like three weeks later. You're like, it's Jeffrey. <laughs> You've been listening to Indian Ladder Farms Cidery and Brewery owner operator Dieter Gary, its head brewer Scott Veltman, and its head cider maker Alex Gill. The producers and engineers are Troy Pohl and Ian Carlton. Any questions, comments, thoughts, or suggestions can be directed to podcastilf at gmail.com. That's podcastilf at gmail.com. I'm Jeff Morad. Thanks for listening. See ya!